Hello, I'm Mary, and you're listening to First Pages Readings. In this podcast, I explore reading and celebrate books as cultural messengers. Each episode, I'll read from three books of either fiction, nonfiction, young adult, middle grade, or poetry. Hello, and welcome to First Pages Readings, Episode 11. And thanks for joining me. Today I'll be reading from three novels. So let's get started. Today's first book is House Made of Dawn by N. Scott Mamaday. The prose in this book sways like the rhythms of the seasons, while the storytelling holds us in its grip. This book is to be appreciated for the gift that it is. The first page of House Made of Dawn. The river lies in a valley of hills and fields. The north end of the valley is narrow, and the river runs down from the mountains through a canyon. The sun strikes the canyon floor only a few hours each day, and in winter the snow remains for a long time in the crevices of the walls. There is a town in the valley, and there are ruins of other towns in the canyon. In three directions from the town there are cultivated fields, Most of them lie to the west, across the river, on the slope of the plain. Now and then in winter, great angles of geese fly through the valley, and then the sky and the geese are the same color, and the air is hard and damp, and smoke rises from the houses of the town. The seasons lie hard upon the land. In summer the valley is hot, and birds come to the tamarack on the river. The feathers of blue and yellow birds are prized by the townsmen. The fields are small and irregular, and from the west mesa they seem an intricate patchwork of arbors and gardens, too numerous for the town. The townsmen work all summer in the fields. When the moon is full, they work at night with ancient handmade plows and hoes, and if the weather is good and the water plentiful, they take a good harvest from the fields. They grow the things that can be preserved easily, corn and chilies and alfalfa. Today's next book is The Castle Cross the Magnet Carter by Kia Corthran. This book is a towering feat of storytelling in culture and history and character. The depth and breadth of its achievement reminds me of a Beethoven symphony. Go to your local library or bookstore and get this book. It's a big book, almost 800 pages, and I haven't finished reading it yet, but I can hardly put it down. It's one of those books that must be read during one's lifetime. The first page of The Castle Cross the Magnet Carter. Randall. I got the world. My family in the trees, the library, picture shows, history and geography, and Nathaniel Hawthorne and Longfellow, and in the advanced class, Mr. Faulkner. I got Prayer Ridge and Lefford County and the state of Alabama and the United States of America. I got the future. College, law school, med school, or businessman, choices. And ocean liners to Europe, China, all waiting. BJ's world is smaller. The family in the trees. Some days it's smaller still, all inside himself. He's my little brother. He's 18, I'm 13. I sit with him on the rug between our twin beds. 
A's a fist, BJ, see? And B's four fingers up. And let's see. C, you just cup your hand like C, see? Then D, oh wait, S is the fist. A's sort of a fist, but thumb points up. Then E, wait, that's trickier. Shoot, I miss D. Guess if I were a better teacher, I'd have learned them myself before trying to teach him. But I'm short on time. Algebra exam tomorrow. I come across the drawings at the front of this book I borrowed from the school library. The Manual Finger Alphabet. The book is The Story of My Life by Miss Helen Keller, which she wrote while still at Radcliffe. Barely anything been translated into Braille back then. Yet Helen at 14 knew Latin devouring books in German and French, and I don't mean see Jack Run, grown-up books, literature. A few verses of Omar Khayyam's poetry have just been read to me, and I feel as if I have spent the last half hour in a magnificent sepulcher. Yes, it is a tomb in which hope, joy, and the power of acting nobly lie buried. Every beautiful description, every deep thought, glides insensibly into the same mournful chant of the brevity of life, of the slow decay and dissolution of all earthly things. Essay she wrote, and only a freshman. Well, here's my point. If Helen Keller could do all that in a world of total darkness and silence, why can't B.J. read when all he is is deaf? Today's third book is One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisevich by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. This is an enduring book, a classic tale about place and time and the resilience of the human spirit. The first page of One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisevich. At five o'clock that morning, reveille was sounded, as usual, by the blows of a hammer on a length of rail hanging up near the staff quarters. The intermittent sounds barely penetrated the window panes on which the frost lay two fingers thick, and they ended almost as soon as they'd begun. It was cold outside, and the camp guard was reluctant to go on beating out the reveille for long. The clanging ceased, but everything outside still looked like the middle of the night when Ivan Denisovich Shukov got up to go to the bucket. It was pitch dark, except for the yellow light, cast on the window by three lamps, two in the outer zone, one inside the camp itself. And no one came to unbolt the barracks' door. There was no sound of the barrack orderlies pushing a pole into place to lift the barrel of excrement and carry it out. Shukov never overslept Reveille. He always got up at once. If you liked listening to this episode, please leave a review and tell me what you think.